So welcome to TM3 Impact. I am super excited. I have Matthew uh, Granados with me. He is the CEO of Life Pulse Inc. and a friend. Most importantly, a friend. Appreciate and I'm super excited, Matt, to have you on this podcast. You know, our podcast is brought to you by Luxury Home Magazine and Spanish Grove Academy. So with that, let's dive right in. Matt, I listen, I want you to give our listeners the cliff note version of kind of like your entrepreneurial journey to where you are today. Man, the cliff note, you know we talk a lot. Yeah, I, we, <laughs> what, they don't, what the listeners don't know is our 45-minute conversation before that mm -hmm. got us delayed. But anyway, uh, when I was 15, I'll never, it's such a vivid moment in my life. I was working as actually a DJ. And um, I was DJing for somebody else and I went and was doing, uh, I think it was like a graduation party. Like I remember where I was outside. I was set up right by the driveway. They were at the pool and I was just sitting at the booth just playing music. And my boss said, hey, just collect the balance. I was like, all right. He gave me the contract. I didn't really look at it and I just kind of gave it to her and I gave her the envelope because I didn't know if my boss wanted me to look inside of it. And she opened it, signed it, gave me $150 to me. And he said, you just keep the, you keep the balance. I said, all right. So I kept the balance. I remember going home and asking my dad, I was like, what? I don't understand it. It said it was $2,000 and I got 150. Like, how did that work? And he's like, well, that's because you're not the boss. He's taking all the risk. Therefore he gets all the benefit and you agreed to do it for 150. So you get paid what you said you would do. You basically traded your time for money. And I said, well, so I don't, I want the $2,000. <laughs> That's right. He said, well, then you got to be, be willing to risk it. I said, so you're saying if I buy my own equipment, I can do this and I can charge whatever I want and keep a hundred percent of it. He said, yeah. So he allowed me to pull from some of my like birthday savings through the years. Uh, he made me pay, I think it was like a 7% loan back and uh, basically gave myself a loan to buy my first uh, set of DJ equipment and started doing sweet 16s and and you know graduation parties and all that stuff all throughout, and that was when I realized that it's a lot. Uh, it's a lot of fun to make your own money based on the effort you put in, not the time you put yeah. in. I, so, I want to stop. I got to ask you this. So you're 15 years old. You started DJ company. How long yeah. did you do that for? Uh, that's how I paid my way through school. So from 15 for we college. Started, yeah, we started Get exclusive entertainment. Absolutely. <laughs> if you Google pictures that go far enough back, you'll see them all. Oh and, my god. Uh, and we had we had people who were DJing for us, and we would do frat parties and clubs and you name it. It's a great job to have in college. Let's put it that way. You know, to well, get paid. A, here's a check and a case of beer. Yeah, you're good so to you go. Fight it, man. It was it was awesome. All right. So for all the people watching TM3 Impact, I need to know your DJ name. We need we need to know your yeah. DJ name. So you're you're getting deep on some of this stuff. And this I want to know the DJ name. <laughs> so um, I actually I never took time to think of a DJ name. So I was okay. kind of just given it, and it's okay. not it's not as exciting as you might think. It was just oh. Maddie G. Maddie G. DJ Maddie G. With oh, explosive snap. entertainment, man. My business cards were fire, literally, <laughs> right? Like there was fire on them. It was it was such an interesting experience. Oh. And what I realized was that you know if if you actually offer people what they want and DJing is such an interesting uh, exercise in understanding how to work with customers, right? Because it's not about the music I want to play. It's the music they want to hear. Right. So if they want to hear, you know, 50s big band, you know, or, or 20, 30s big band, whatever it is, give it to them. Like it's, yeah. it's not about me. It's about them. And that was such an interesting point. The other thing is it's all live. And yeah. I challenge anyone, if you want to get in the entrepreneurial world, as, as a teenager, go do a job that you need to be face-to-face -face with a customer and perform live to them. 
waiter, DJ, whatever, where you need to react to their reaction. And that is something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, go through. So anyway, so started there, obviously got hit up by every multi-level marketing company you can imagine, right? Come to a meeting. I won't tell you what it's about. And I, I did well in them. I always did well in them because I would listen. I was coachable and I would do what they said. I finally learned that what they said was not always the most ethical way of doing things, right? So uh, moved past that, went to college for hotel restaurant management. I wanted to open up a casino, went out and worked with uh, Steve Wynn in Las Vegas, had a conversation with him that turned me off of that industry, um, which was like a you know stab in the chest. Um, and then came back and ha had a mentor of mine that I talked to. And I said, hey, you know, I'm looking to, I, I want to sell something. And I think my exact quote was, I don't care if it's legal or illegal. I just want to sell. Mm -hmm. I know that I can make money if I'm able to sell. And he had this interesting idea to go and, and uh, start this company called Pocket Pets, which sells little uh, marsupials called a sugar bear or a sugar glider. Mm -hmm. So I jumped in with him, uh, another partner of, of ours who was already in there, who was kind of a, I didn't know him very well yet, but has become a mentor and a friend of mine. Uh, and that was about a little over a decade ago. Mm. So started that company from there, jumped into a couple other companies and then finally met my wife, Maria. And uh, she told me that it was really difficult to be with me. <laughs> like no. most entrepreneurs, spouses <laughs> will tell you. Uh, she's like, you just have a new idea. You're going a million miles a minute. And my wife is more capable than I am to do almost anything. She's smarter. She's better looking. She's, you know, I'm, I'm the, the crazy one of the group. And, uh, but she said, how do you manage all that up there? I showed her those nine questions I asked myself every single week, which is the LP, uh, mm. which started a company by accident because a Fortune 500 company reached out and said that our system solves their biggest personnel problem. Uh, yeah. They said they can't connect corporate desire metrics with individuals' desired lifestyles. And they asked if I would come help. When I went and helped, gave them the information. I didn't charge them because I didn't have a business. I asked them, are you guys the only people who have this issue? And, uh, they said, no, every business has this issue. So I called up Maria and said, hey, you forced us to start another business. So here we go. That's how Light Pulse started. Yeah. So Light Pulse started. And from there, clients kept asking, where's your book? Do you have a book? You have so much information. I mean, we have literally yeah. probably close to 40 hours of content that we teach. Yeah. Um, and they're like, where's your book? And I said, I don't have one. They said, we'll get one. And that's when we wrote Motivate the Unmotivated. So that's where we currently are. We do consulting all over the world. We've done it from Google to Twitter to the United States Air Force. Um, we've done it with, with you, Tomas, and your crew. You brought us out to San Antonio. And we just, I just love helping other people reach their full potential. That's literally what we're doing here. And that's where our journey has taken us is recognizing, I thought I loved growing business. And it turns out I do love growing businesses because businesses are made of people. And where I really feel fulfilled is when I grow people. Yeah. I don't know if that was a Cliff Notes version. No, that dude. That's as I could say it. Actually, that <laughs> was the best Cliff Note version because we're <laughs> talking about it, you know, a, a pretty long arc. Go back to the casino. Yeah. Um, I did see that on there and I was going to ask you about that. So I, 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 I would imagine, you know, you walk into the Wynn and, and the Wynn is, is probably one of my all-time favorite hotels, right? Yes. Like in, in Vegas. I love the Wynn. Mm -hmm. I actually got to go to the Wynn in... Um, Macau. Uh, Macau, China. Wow. Did you ever get to go there? No, but I'm, I'm assuming it's as insane as uh, I could imagine. So, so, so picture the win in Vegas, yeah. right? It's, it's almost exactly identical. Like hardly anybody's there, but newer. Like, I mean, right. just all the colors, it's the Purpose. vibrancy, it's newer, it's crisper, but you're just like, you feel like you're in the wind in <laughs> Vegas, you know what I mean? Anyway, Absolutely. so go back to that time. I, I'm curious, like, you you were there for for, for a, a stint. Was this a, was it an internship? Yeah. 
it was an internship okay. like right uh summer year going from into my senior year right so just turned 21 okay. they put us up at the university of las vegas and every casino's intern was on the same floor it was like oh, college wow. it was awesome it was yeah. the, it was like the best summer you it was everything you could imagine yeah. putting 45 21 year olds a mile away from the strip with access to every hotel because you're all friends with interns and then managers wanted to impress other managers by being the coolest manager and offering the best things to their interns. So we went to every show, every club. Every, mm. I mean, like it was a great summer. What year was this? This was the year before Encore opened. Yeah. Um, so that was 2008. Oh, okay. 2008. So it was, it was, yeah. Okay. So I think eight, maybe uh, whatever year that was. So, um, but it was, it was, it was unbelievable. But the best thing I got from that, right. And the reason I decided not to go in the hospitality industry was, uh, when I was talking with, with Wynn, again, there was, there was a meeting we had and, and I got a chance to meet with him. Uh, but he, he said, what, what do you care most about? And I said, I care about family and loyalty. And he goes, that's not what Vegas is about. Mm. Right. And he didn't mean that in a negative way. He just meant that in like, look, if you want to be Vegas for life, you're Vegas for life. Like there's a certain culture that you're, there's a certain amount of sacrifices that you need to be willing to make and not just Vegas itself, but the hospitality industry. And if you've ever been in the hospitality industry, this is not me knocking it. You just understand you work when everyone else plays, right? Those are the big days of your season. So he's like, I don't know if this is for you. And that, that's like Michael Jordan, you know, telling you not to play basketball, right? Like that is a kick in the face for someone who is graduating with, you know, casino focused hospitality realm. Uh, but what he told me was, he said, look, he said, I don't, I don't really even love the casino industry. He said, I love designing these buildings and no one in the right mind is going to give me $4 billion to create a hotel unless there's a casino on the bottom. And that was what opened my eyes to recognize that, you know, we try to figure out what we're going to do based on like what sounds good in the future versus recognizing where we've been in the past and what actually is going to bring us to, to that fulfillment that level of fulfillment. And I yeah. realized right then and there when he told me that is I don't care what I'm selling as long as I'm selling and growing. I that's why all of my business have been everything from live animals to, to produce to, you know, consulting. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. I enjoy the sale and I enjoy growing people. And if I can do those things simultaneously, then I know I'm on the right path. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I, it's interesting too, because that was a, that was kind of a crossroads for you, right? At that yeah. moment, you had to make a decision and go, all right, am I going to stay in this industry and, and, or am I going to do something else? And you very quickly made that decision. Is that, is that a normal uh, uh, mindset for you that when you make your determination, you act quickly? Absolutely. And, and I would also tell some people go, wow, I just, I wish I could make decisions like you. And if you ask my wife, she would say, wow, I wish you would think before you make a decision, right? Like, <laughs> like it's, his, it's his benefit of both sides. I make decisions very quickly. I'm an adapter. I think that's what humans, you, know, you think about what natural uh, strengths do different animals have to be able to survive. And you got, you know, cheetahs that can run fast. You got sharks that can swim fast. You got birds that can fly, all of that stuff. What do we have? There's nothing physical about us that should allow us to survive. I think the biggest uh, competitive advantage that we have as humans is our ability to adapt, mm. right? And the way I think of that and what I do whenever I coach anyone is, look, we're going to take a step because staying still will get us nowhere. Take a small step, look left and right, make sure no cars are coming, then take another step, look left and right and take another step. And then maybe we have to go back and go a different route, but I'm, I'm always taking that next step. 
And um, as I've gotten older, as I've had kids, as there's less ability to take risk, I've had to take smaller steps, look a couple times before mm-hmm. I take another step, right? And I know you can relate with kids and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, back when, we, when I was a DJ, right, by myself, I could work all day. I could, I could try things. I could reinvest in the business, not worry about it. Now it's like reinvest or, or get a cleaning lady. Hmm. Yeah. Right? You got some different issues going on. Um, reinvest or, pay, or have your kids eat. Which one yeah. are we going to do? Um, and it's in times like this, that uncertainty is so difficult, but yes, I always act fast. You know, if you were to see the trajectory of when my wife and I met and we got engaged and we got married and we had kids, it was like a whirlwind for like 18 months. Yeah. From the day we met to like when we got married and we had kids as close as you could after when you got married. Um, so the honeymoon worked, but yeah. recognizing the fact that it's just, we move fast and that is a strength when I make the right decision and a complete weakness when I don't. And I tell you guys, if you look at us, it's a highlight reel. You'll hear about the good ones. I don't share the bad ones as much. Right, right, right. (laughs) Well, I mean, Hey, listen, with, with, with the way the world is going, it's, you know, that vulnerability, it's, it's hard. You don't want to share all of that. But if you were to look back on your, your look back on your career so far as an entrepreneur, you look back and you go, okay, like, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And look yeah. at your businesses. Which was the one where you go, gosh, I stubbed my toe on this one? All right. So the, the honest answer of where my head is with it, it's hard, right? I'm such an optimist to a fault. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like everything I've done that has been a negative in my life, I've been able to use that to get onto a, the, the right course. Does that make True. sense? Yep. Yeah. You learned from it. Yeah. yeah so, man, like even I was a kid in college, I, I pushed the limits all the time, right? Every single semester before, like by like September, October, I had some type of an incident with the cops, right? It wasn't anything major, but it was (laughs) partying too loud, partying too hard, whatever it might be. Like, right. Call my mom and hey, it's September 5th, got another issue next semester, next semester. So I push the limits all the time, but it, they, it has always taught me something more from it. So I would not change it. Maybe that's the thing. I wouldn't change a single thing I've done. Yeah. What I would have done is, is I would have valued the word patience, mm. right? And we have an acronym in our book, Motivate the Unmotivated, that's called Be a Pro. And I relate it to when you're surfing, right? And I'm not a surfer by any means, but I have surfed, right? Like I've had a board underneath me mm-hmm. and I wouldn't consider myself an, a bit able to surf. But I remember sitting out in the ocean and realizing how small we are compared to this massive beast. And uh, I can't control the waves, mm. I can only control how I ride the waves when they come. And, and the, the way I look at life is that there's challenges and there's opportunities and waves are challenges and opportunities. And they look identical until you start riding them. And then sometimes you realize, holy smokes, I picked the challenge. How do I get off this thing? Or, Hey, this is a great opportunity. How do I ride it till it's completely dead? Mm. And in order to do that, I use the acronym a pro a P R O and that's aware, patient, ready, and open. And I wish I would have done more of this. So yeah. aware, meaning you know, I'm, I'm literally looking around. I know what's happening. I'm not blinded by the obvious. Patient is a word that I used to always think was a very passive word, a very negative word. And if you read our book, you'll hear us go into why I value that word patient so much. It's actually like a sacrificial word in the fact that what are you willing to sacrifice in order to make the right decision and not act right away? Ready yeah. is that you're actually ready to do what you need to do and then open. You're willing to take the opportunity when it comes. So I wish I was more like that as a, at a younger age. Yeah. Um, aware, patient, ready, uh, and open to take opportunities, but not have to jump on everything that comes my way. I've spent a lot of money 
jumping on every opportunity that I have not made money back. Yeah, right. yeah. It's a shiny object syndrome, right? Absolutely. Like as an entrepreneur. <laughs> so, so it's certain things that I've had to do. Like I have a $5,000 rule that if I can't make money on an idea with less than a $5,000 investment, it's not a good idea. Now, I don't yeah. need to scale it. I don't need to build a business for five grand. But like, look, get me a logo. Get me a website. Let me make a sale. Yeah. If I can't sell somebody on an idea without that small investment, that it's not something I, I know. And I know money won't solve a bad idea. Yeah, for sure. Right. So, yeah. so that's a big thing. I, I've learned the fact that, you know, I have to check in on the people I'm around. I have to take a, and in the LP, that's where that whole thing came from was when my entire life fell apart in 2014, basically in a 30 day yeah. span, you know, the person basically got some embezzlement happening, health issues. And then the day before I left for a trip to Greece, my fiance at the time gave me the ring back and said, I can't do this with you. So like mm. that was a major pivotal point that wasn't business wise, but recognize the fact that I never took a step back because I'm so optimistic, because I'm so future focused to go, how are things last week? How did I yeah. do? Yeah. And that's where the pulse check comes in in the light in the, in the book. And why I started doing that was I was so blindsided by all of that. How did I not see my employees stealing from me? How did I not see that the person I was about to spend the rest of my life with didn't want to spend the rest of the life with me, right? So yeah. that's where all that came from. So part of that patience is also being able to be reflective. And, and, and yeah. really objective when I'm being reflective. And that, I, I, you know, look, reflecting when we're moving, when, when you're running a business and you're moving at a pace, reflection is tough. It's Absolutely. not easy, right? And so what, what do you think now has helped you kind of take that pause and reflect? I mean, outside, I mean, Maria is obviously a big influence on that, right? She will ask me questions that will drive me absolutely nuts but they need to be answered, yes. right? And I don't think of that, right? Like the what ifs. Yeah. Well, I don't want to do it. Let's not talk. Well, you got to talk about it because <laughs> there, there's a high likelihood of that. What if is more likely than your billion dollar business happening, right? Like yes. there's a higher likelihood of failure than success. Mm. Um, so I would think that's something that's been very important. And that's really where a lot of it's come from. And with her asking me these questions and, and, kind of putting the mirror up and saying, look, you're saying this, how about this? It's forced me to be able to be a little more comfortable recognizing that. You yeah. know? And, and there's one thing that we've learned, especially with, you know, you know our, our situation with Natalie, for the listeners who don't, but our daughter has a very rare uh, genetic condition hmm. uh, where she, it's basically, it's a form of muscular dystrophy that we don't know how it's going to affect her, but she's three, she's not moving, she's not walking, not crawling. It definitely is not the path that we thought we were going to take, right? Um, but one time, one time we went to, I think it was the state that forced us to do, to do a congenitive or a, 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 a mental assessment to see how she was cognitively. And I was like, look, we don't need to do that. That's yeah. not the issue. The issue is she can't walk. So why waste our time on that when we can actually help her walk? And they said, look, we have to do it. So they forced us to do it. And we found, we knew she was about half her age at the time she was like two and a half or almost two years old. And she was about an eight month physically, but mentally she was about a five and a half year old. Wow. And what I learned that lesson there, and this is what came when it really started hitting in with the motivation management that we do is we need to, I'm so big on fixing issues when we should not be doing that. We should be managing our negatives or managing our weaknesses, but leveraging our strengths. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I never did was I would, I would disregard my weakness yeah, and I would leverage my strength, but we have to recognize they're there. I'm a bad speller. I need to stop and reread what I wrote before I type it and send it. I never used to do it. 
Yeah. And then the logic is, well, it's just me being me, and that's just how it's going to be, and that's what I'm going to send out. If the world won't accept it, then so be it. Well, look, if the world doesn't accept it, I don't have a business. Yeah. And if I spell a word that should be spelled correctly, incorrectly, four times in an email, it's not a spelling error. It's not a mistake. It's the fact that I don't know how to spell. And who is going to hire somebody to help them, guide them through life who can't spell a, you know, a, a simple word? Yeah. So recognizing my weakness, don't ignore them, but manage them accordingly, right? Things like Grammarly, things like spell check, things like rereading my emails before I send them, yeah. and then leverage my strengths and yeah. use them to get where I need to go. So yeah, I know that was a long answer, but no, no, no. I, I, I think it's, you know, that, that, that piece of, of looking at and being aware, um, you know, I've, I've been married 20 years going on 21 years and I will tell you, my wife, uh, is a massive way for me to be very aware of what's going on. And she helps me reflect. I mean, when, when you marry, right, you get to the, the benefit of that is, is you have someone that's Number one, 100% on your side. They're in yep. your corner. But number two, they want to help you be the best version of yourself. 100%. Right? That's, and, that, and my, dude, that's my wife. Thank you, Christina. That's my wife. So getting to this, because I got to tell people, this was a game changer. I think I've told, I mean, anybody that's close to me, Matt, uh, you, whenever you see a San Antonio order, just go on and just, I don't need any royalties. <laughs> But just go on and know that I told them about this book. I, I appreciate it. everybody about this book. And it was a game changer for me because I, I am kind of like uh, one of those people where I, I would show up to work and I would just be like, okay, what do I need to do you know, today? And I would kind of have a few things in my head, but I never really got anything done. And then I would just chase the squirrel, right? It's just this idea, right. just like, oh, let me go see. I'll go fix that printer. Oh, let me go over. Oh, somebody needs to meet. Let's run over there and meet them now. There was, no, it was no rhyme or reason. I was all over the place. When I met you that, uh, what was it, two years ago? Probably about two years ago. About two years ago, you came to an EO and you spoke at our EO uh, uh, here in San Antonio. I sat back and I was like, wait a minute. You know, you talked about time and you talked about time management. I want you to share kind of your theory behind that idea of managing time. Yeah, so um, I think it's a lie. And I think if you ever hear somebody who is going to teach you time management tricks and tips and suggestions, run. Um, and the reason I say that is because you can't manage time. Time is relatively perfect, right? I did a talk one time with a bunch of scientists and I said, time is perfect. And one of them stood up and started debating me on relativity. And I was like, look, that is, I can't even spell, right? That is way above my mental grade. So just go with it for me. But anyway, so now I, I make sure I say time is perfect relatively. Yeah. So, um, but because of that, you don't manage something that's perfect. You can't impact something and you don't manage something you can't impact. It's a waste of space, right? If you're a manager and everyone's doing their job, your position is no longer needed. Right. So because of that, I don't ever talk about time management in that sense of time management. And all it is is really just taking care of the events that are happening within a certain amount of span of time. And that's something that we need to make sure we're focusing on. So it's not about managing every minute of your day. That's a, don't focus on that. It's the events and making sure that we're doing what should be done. The goal is not to get everything done. It's to get the right things done and get them done in that 24-hour period. And really that 24-hour period is only about eight hours for us who have families and want to have a life outside of work. So how do we get done what needs to get done? And the, what the whole point of the LP was, 
was to get our mind right so that we're focusing in the right direction so that we can get done what needs to get done and not drop the ball where it needs to be dropped. I promise you, if you're listening to this or you're friends with Tomas, I know you are trying to do a lot with this one life that we got, right? That's the only reason you'd be listening to this podcast is you want more out of the time we have. What this book does and why it's been so effective and so sustainably uh, used by individuals is because it gets your mind in the right, right uh, frame so that you can actually effectively attack every single day, one week at a time, and then one month at a time, and then one year at a time. So yeah. it breaks it down to a manageable steps for you to go, okay, you know what? I don't need to spend equal time in all areas of my life, but I do need to make sure I tell my wife I love her, yeah. right? Do you love your wife? Do you love Christine? I know you love Christine. When's the last time yeah. you told her, right? And it's like, oh man, actually, you know, we kind of flippantly say it like every night, when do you actually sit there and like actually let her know that you love her? And how do you let her know? What is her love language? How are you leaning into that? And how are you doing that? And I tell look, go get a, if, if, go get a card once a week. Oh, I, I, every week she's not going to like that. Yes, she will. Yeah. People like to be appreciated and we don't spend time doing it. So that's the mindset of why time management is a complete myth. Uh, you know, here's how you block your time and schedule your time and do this and use this calendar. Then use this at look, why pay someone to do that? That's a simple Google search. What our system does is it brings the real you of who you want to be and brings it out. So we call it reverse planning, right? Yeah. And reverse planning works like this. Well, let's talk about how we've all learned how to plan. As we list everything we have to do, I would say the average person does it on a 24-hour basis, right? It's a daily to-do list. And then let's knock it out as we can. And that's it. And then what you do is you start off with maybe one or two things that you really want to get done. And then you move to the next, but you're starting to cherry pick. And that's not what we want because honestly, mm. I would pick a lot of things I don't want to do or I do want to do over things I don't want to do, right? Yep. So what I do instead is this reverse planning. So instead, reverse planning works like this. It's list everything you want out of life, right? How you're going to connect to that. Then list all the things that you need to do. So your wants, then your needs. And the key is you only do what is important. And that's what this system does is it gives you the framework to go from here's what I want out of life. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. I want to be physically uh, fit and I want to be professionally successful, right? I got all that going. Let's list what we want and then let's figure out a plan on how we're going to achieve what we want and also what needs to get done based on what is important. And important to me is what is related to the goal that you want, the life you want to live and that fulfillment that you want out of your life. And if you do that every week, the system takes about 20 minutes, 30 minutes on Sunday, and then about five minutes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to plan. We call it PTT, plan tomorrow today. Yeah. If you do that, what we're finding is about 15 hours of extra productivity yeah. every single week, if not more. Yeah, I've had times where I've been able to get an entire week's worth of work done in a day because of an, an, a situation that's come up. I yes. talked about Natalie having a medical issue. When she gets sick, she needs to go to the hospital, right? Because yeah. her body can't physically push out the mucus. And certain sicknesses that normally would put a kid in bed for a day puts Natalie in the hospital for a week or two. Well, mm-hmm. I need to be able to manage my entire life not knowing when we're going to take that trip. That's what this thing does. And that's why we're so passionate about sharing it with people. Um, yeah. We're going we're to do a little gift at the end of this, Tomas, for your listeners. I um, love it. I don't know what I it's going it. to be, but we're going to do it at maybe Life Pulsing backslash pod gift. I'm going to put it together. I love that. Or yeah, put, put, or put TM3 impact. I love that too. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. Here, here's what this, I want to share this with you because for me, th- this is, we were about to uh, go on a cruise. My wife and I were about to go on a cruise, a week long cruise. And it was 
during uh, uh, sales week for the magazine, this was back in February, pre-corona, pre-quarantine, right? And so I had a massive amount of work to get done, Matt. Like, you know, it's like when you know you're going on vacation, you you stacked a plate and I stacked and I, I literally was doing my LP every week knowing, hey, I've got to get all this done. I've got to get all this done. And then as the week started getting closer to the cruise, I was really starting to see we were making massive progress. Right. Like, man, I was moving mountains. I remember this. And we talked about this, right? Yeah. And and the, the thing that I want to share with people is that, listen, planning tomorrow, today, is so critical for your success. I don't care if you're trying to run a business. I don't care if you're trying to be an employee. I don't care if you're trying to be a better dad. If you can figure out how to plan tomorrow today and using something like this, you're going to be so efficient, so effective. And tell them about your Ironman success, Matt. Will you share that story and how this kind of helped that? Yeah, as long as when you say success, you just mean the fact that I completed it. There was exactly. very little success outside. Like it wasn't like I've done anything special. All right, so this story no, no, is not listen, a fun listen, one. Wait, 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 time out. Matt, finishing an Ironman is success. That's okay. success. I, yes, and, and, and well, here's the thing I realized, right? Finishing an Ironman is an achievement. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between success and achievement, and the Ironman's a great example of this. So obviously, all achievements since I met my wife start the same way. Marie and I were having a conversation and this here comes the rest of the story yeah so we're talking and she decides very lovingly to tell me that i have no physical goals um and i looked at her i was like i teach this stuff what do you mean i know physical goals i have physical goals yeah she's like well show me them i'm like i'm gonna go to the gym she's like that's not a goal like that's a that's a choice it's not a goal it's a big difference yeah and like i said she like she holds the mirror up better than anybody to me yeah and i said all right i'll do the hardest the hardest physical thing we can think of so I Googled it. What's the hardest physical thing for someone to do? Wait, time and out. Outside of like, time out. You, and, you didn't know anybody that had done an Ironman? You had never? Point, did you know I knew, anyone? Um, I, knew of, I knew of people who were in the circles of people who had okay. done Ironman. But okay. at that point, I didn't know anyone specifically. Did you um, even know how long the race was? Did you no, know I like just, the distances? I just knew in Hawaii, it, was, it looked really hard, right? So I, um, oh I my Googled gosh. it. And I'm like, Boom, let's sign up. I had a buddy of mine who was in, who was in a, a group with a mastermind group with me that I called and I knew he always had this on his head. He was a big marathon guy. He got me to run a marathon yeah. okay. a couple of years prior. Um, but I, I hate working out. I hate yeah. running. I hate, I don't enjoy, I don't get a high afterwards. I get tired, right? It's just, yeah. it doesn't work like it does for other people for me for some reason. Yeah. So I decided to uh, sign up. So I'm signing up for, we decided to do Chattanooga uh, the Ironman in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I'm signing up for it. And I'm like signing these waivers. That's like, <laughs> do you agree that you will not sue us if you die in the swim? Oh yes. my do you agree gosh. you will not sue us if you die on the bike? Yes. Do you agree you will not sue us if he dies on the run? Yes. I'm like, what are the chances of me dying? Like, this is insane. And then I realized what it really was. So I reached out and found a coach. I'm a big believer um, that you, if you want to do something, find someone else who's done it and then ask them how to do it and then listen and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter whether you agree with them or not. If they've done it and you want to do what they've done, they have a path to get there. Yeah. So that's the reason, like I said, anything I'm trying to do, I have a coach for. I always yeah. do. Yeah. If I had a, if I could share my coaching budget of what I spend on coaches in all different yeah. areas of my life from, from, you know, relational coaches, from spiritual coaches, from, yeah. you know, they're called all different things. 
But I always reach out. So anyway, I grabbed a coach who's done it and who competed in the the world champion. So I said, look, I want someone who's done this and done this well. Worked with them, found a team to run with. Um, And I remember they're like, all right, well, let's just like meet up for a bike ride. I was like, well, I don't have a bike. Oh my gosh, man. He's like, all right, well, maybe we'll just like, let's like go grab, like, let's go for a swim. And I was like, all right, Uh, like, you know, do I need to like bring anything specific? He's like, do you have goggles? I was like, no. Like, I'm like, I'm starting from the beginning. This is like, well, let's just, let's just go for a run. I was like, all right, let me grab running shoes. I didn't have running shoes. Yeah. I had to go buy running shoes to go meet up. And then we started. Yeah. He's like, are you sure you want to do this? I said, look, what was your window? Like how much time did you give yourself? How far was Chattanooga away? It was that year. Like it was, it was like, we were talking like six months, eight months. It was probably, you know what? We were married in February that year. And I raced in September. Oh my gosh! Um, but anyway, so I, I don't know. It, it might have been right after we were married. Okay. It was definitely not before. It was not before January. Like it was okay. that same year. Got and, it. Uh, but anyway, we, so we worked at it and, and just you know made it happen. And it was one time at a time. And people always ask, "How do you finish an Ironman?" I say it's the exact mm-hmm. same thing. You literally, you it's one stroke for two point four miles, one pedal for one hundred and sixteen miles, and then one step for 26.2 miles. You just have to do it back to back to back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All in one day. It's very simple to do it. It's very difficult. Um, And how did the LP come into the play for that? Because you're, you're brand new married. You're, you're trying to work out like crazy. How did they come into play for you? And Maria was pregnant. Oh snap. There you go. Okay. Throw that in the mix. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So how did that whole thing work? Uh, The biggest thing with the LP and when it comes to working out in general is everyone the biggest excuse everyone has i don't have time yeah i don't have time to train for an iron man i don't have time to train for this i don't have time to plan my food and plan my diet and get health like and i sit there and i'm going look give me your phone let me see what apps you're using on your phone and i'll find the time that you say you don't have and how much time you're spending on social media to get your butt in the gym and work out so don't pull yeah. that you don't have time we have time we just don't use it well yeah. right it's a big difference so um i was using it there's a couple things i did um first off is it was now again what do I want out of life? What do I need to do and do what's important? Now training went from just another thing I needed to do to something that was important because it was related to something I wanted mm. out of life, right? So it, there was a new value in it when it was time to work out. It wasn't just work out because I have a gym membership and I, gotta not, I don't want to be fat. It was work out because I have to do it. So mentally it shifted. Uh, the other thing I started doing with what is something that Maria told me about, which I think is brilliant. I teach still to this day is this thing called switch time. And switch time is really helpful to do tasks you don't want to do. A switch time works like this. So I would, when you're training for an Ironman, you're working out usually twice a day, multiple days a week, right? So um, if you don't, and you don't want to miss a workout because it's, it's all pace to get you where you need to go. And I decided that if, you know, if I was tired in the morning, I don't want a bad workout, right? Like it's one thing that oh, I just got to get on a bike and sit there. There's benefits to that, but I, I need to grow my body to be able to uh, perform. So switch time gave me a second time to work out. So I would schedule, if I only had one workout that day, I would schedule a second time to do that workout. So 4 a.m., mm-hmm. I'm a morning guy, right? So 4 a.m., I'm going to go for a run. I wake up at 4, my legs are still tired from the bike the day before, the swim the night before. You know, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. So I would have a switch time to hit at 4 p.m. And what I found in doing this was that we all have this little thing called integrity. Whether we show it or not doesn't mean we don't have it. And with this concept of integrity, we don't like to go back on our word. I was very reluctant to skip a task 
if I scheduled it twice in a 24 hour period, I could mm. skip it. Well, I'll get to it tomorrow. And I'll keep saying, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll get to it tomorrow. But there was something about coming back to it again at the end of the day going, dude, you said you were going to do this. Yeah. And you skipped it in the morning. Are you going to skip it again? I would say close to a hundred percent. I will follow through with the task the second time. So yeah. any mundane task that you don't like, I don't care whether it's clean your garage, do your employee reviews, whatever it might be, schedule it twice in the same day. So where the LP came in was it, it allowed me to balance that extra 20 hours a week of training, which is mm -hmm. what this will get to, with running two businesses, recently married, having, you know, pregnant, my wife is pregnant, and running all the other things we do in the community, and not being able to use, and this is a big thing, use my choice as an excuse as to why our life is not comfortable. It was my choice to run this Ironman. Yeah. Right. So I can't sit there and go, Hey, you know what? Sorry, hon. We can't hang out because man, I'm tired. Right. No, that was your choice to do that. I always say that like, if we go out and we're going out with friends and we drink a little too much, like you can't use it as an excuse to not parent. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Like I drank three or four drinks that I shouldn't have. And now I feel bad. So can you parent for me? Like, no, get up, deal yeah. with it and make it happen. So, Anyway, hopefully that answers the question. But the LP yeah. has helped us in ways and achieve every single goal that I've had since we started doing it um, and the decades that we've been doing it since. I, and, you know, that was one thing too, Matt, for me is like, you know, you have the section where it basically breaks down, you know, you have your four goals, the internal, the relational, yeah. the physical. These are your four goals that you have. And in the, when we first met uh, with EO, I, I didn't, I, I kind of like, I missed that part. But yeah. those four areas are what guide you in, here's what you want to accomplish. Now, what, how does it show up in what you're doing? Exactly. So this right? is called the four, the four vital signs of fulfillment. Yeah. Where that term came from was vital signs in your body are the first things you check. And if one of them is out of whack, um, it's okay, right? Hey, your temperature's yeah. high. All right, well, let's, let's bring that fever down a little bit. We're good to go. Yeah. If you don't fix the fever, your, you know, your blood pressure changes, your heart rate changes, your respiratory mm -hmm. rate, all the other things that are these four vital signs of life will go off basis and eventually you'll die. Hmm. It's as simple as that. Right. So life is very similar in that with these four vital signs of how are you growing yourself internally, meaning mentally, how are you growing your mind physically? How are you growing your body professionally? How are you growing your career? And most importantly, relationally, how are you growing the connections in your life? And you don't need to spend equal time in all of these, right? Maria, again, to credit to her, we're talking about this concept of balance. And when we talk about this stuff, she's a wordsmith, right? So she does stuff all the time that blows my mind. And she sat there and she's like, I hate this balance. Everyone's balanced in their life. No one wants balance in their life. That's, that's comparing two things. And when we do what we do with Life Pulse, we don't do work-life balance. We do work-life integration. We bring them together to be one because that's how you live an actual comfortable, sustainable, fulfilled life. So with that, we brought these four together and Maria said this, this thing that blew my mind was balance is not about weighing them and comparing them. Balance is being at peace in that area. Yeah. Meaning giving it the effort it deserves. And if that effort is, so like my relational goal this week literally is cuddle time with Maria. Yeah. Because I know that she's physical touch and she wants to be, you know, hang out together, not just go to sleep and watch a show, her on her phone, me on her phone. That doesn't mean we need to do anything more than just cuddle. Just be there with each other and spend 20, 30 minutes before we fall asleep with each other. I know what that does for mm -hmm. her. That's huge. Is that worth the investment? You better believe it. Yep. Right. To keep her knowing that she's loved. It takes 20 minutes a day, yeah. all day long. Right. Yeah. And we don't take the time to do those small steps. If we're talking about working out and you want to go work out for 30 minutes a day, 
or 60 minutes a day, three days a week. You're talking three hours out of 168 hours in the week. And you're telling me you don't have time to do that? Come on. Yeah. It's just not realistic. It's taking the time to recognize what do you want? What are your four vital signs of fulfillment? Making sure you're hitting them so that you don't get out of whack. The reason I got surprised in 2014, I call it my heartbeat, right? It was the lowest point of that little EKG, that up and mm-hmm. down thing that we call life is because I didn't take a second to go, how am I doing in these four areas? Uh, yeah. If I would have checked in, maybe even asked a question like, hey, do you still want to get married? I probably would have been a little less surprised when I got that ring back. If I would have checked in on my health versus going you know, once a year to see how I'm doing, I probably would have been able to balance stuff out before they gave me the news of you know, the likelihood of me not making it past 40. Mm. Right? All of this stuff that came up in that conversation was all preventative if I would have looked into it, and I'm usually the last person to know when it comes to those signs. That's why you hear people on their deathbed going, what are your regrets? I wish I spent more time with the family. Yeah. I wish I took care of myself better. All those things. And everyone's like, well, they never say they wish they worked more. And I get that, <laughs> but they probably do wish they did more in their professional career in the mm-hmm. sense of gave back more or did stuff that was more impactful or fulfilling directly to them. No, for sure. Which I, it's a perfect segue because now you have this book, Yes. motivate the unmotivated Absolutely. and I'm super pumped to, 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 for you to kind of talk about this. I've heard a little bit about it, but just kind of share with, you know, uh, uh, the listeners, the idea behind this book and, and, and kind of what is your goal with this book? So my goal with this book is to show people that motivating others should not be a chore. It should be an exciting and energizing experience. Um, too many times is like motivation is like, oh, I got to work with this individual again. They're so unmotivated. Mm. Well, first off, unmotiv- motivated or unmotivated is not a character trait. It's a state of mind. Mm. And the whole premise of this book is there's a myth that you'll hear is you can't motivate people if they don't want to be motivated. Well, first off, every human is motivated. We have desires. We're innately yeah. built that way. It's how do we get them to be motivated about what we want them to be motivated about. And because of that, we've started to throw our desires at them. Hey, look, you'll make more money if you do this, right? And then they start saying, okay, well, I guess making money is a good thing. So, okay, I guess if you paid me more, I would do better. You pay them more, they don't do better. Why is that? Well, it's because you're not tapping into what we call PVTT. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I like acronyms here, right? That's personal value tied to task. So the entire book is the ways to make sure that you as the motivator is do, you are doing what you need to do in that relationship, meaning you're not a hypocrite, Mm -hmm. right? Hypocrisy is the killer of motivation. Like it's, it's like if you're sitting there smoking a cigarette, trying to tell your kid not to smoke a cigarette, like it's not going to work out very well. Um, and then also how are you actually working with them? Which is the second part of the formula. What system are you using? Which is the exponential growth of that relationship to get the results that you want. And the book breaks that down in in those four sections. And because of that, we're finding that it's a very sustainable model that once you crack the code of finding out what is it they want, how do you offer what they want? It's a lot easier to motivate anybody. Now, this is for employer employees. This is for managers to do with their team. This is for parents to do with their kids. Do it with your pet. It all works the same. It's based on natural truths that cause people to act and react. So, what's what are we getting out of the book? What we're getting out of the book is the ease of motivating others. Mm. And, be, and, and like when I work with a client and I use the techniques that we use, every call I have, I don't care if they're the CEO of one of the largest companies in the world or they're a stay-at-home mom or a startup entrepreneur, I don't care who it is, these calls energize me, Mm. right? Because 
I'm helping them get more of what they want by doing the tasks that need to get done. Yeah. So it's just about changing that paradigm, getting their head on straight, recognizing why should your kid clean up the room? Yeah. If your answer is because I said so, then you're going to be fighting that's that not motivating. And so I, I, I literally was going to go there. I have a t- My son is 10. He's actually at camp right now. Uh, Enzo is at uh, a T-Bar-M camp in New Braunfels. We're getting pictures daily. He is having an absolute blast. And so, you know, uh, parents will say, you know, my, my kid's not motivated. They're not motivated. Yeah. They don't want to be better. And so is, are, are, there, are there pieces to this that can translate to kids? So easily. Good. So easily. Yeah. And here's why as kids are humans. Yeah. We like tend to forget that. Like they function like we do. So true. My wife and I always joke about how we yell at our kids not to yell. Yeah. <laughs> so Where do you think they're learning it from? Right. Right. Like right. when my son goes to touch the socket, I'll kind of slap his hand down. Yeah. Well, now when I go to get something from him, what does he do? He yeah. slaps my hand down. Does that make sense? So yep. it's, or, or my daughter who, who can't move to tell us anything, she'll start yelling and we'll say, don't yell. Well, she didn't just figure that out on her own. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so that's the first thing, right? The hypocrisy yeah. behind parenting is what I think causes big issues. Yeah. Right. Hey, you gotta, you know, don't watch this trash on TV. Well, you're watching it on TV. Right. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the example I use, like if when I work with teachers, right. And teachers go, I just, how do I motivate my students? What are you connecting to the content that you're teaching? So like, mm-hmm. for example, if you want to play Fortnite all day long and your kid wants to play video games, there's two ways we can do this. We can take away what they like or we can use what they like to help articulate the message we're trying to bring to them. Mm. So if that's the reward they want, then let's figure out a way to offer that reward to them by doing the tasks that need to get done, but understanding the value behind the tasks that they're doing. Because I said so is going to crush any relationship. Yeah. So it really depends on what your kids are into. If your kids are into sports, then let's, let's line everything up around sports. Right. If you do this, we can then do more of this. And that doesn't mean you're bribing your kid. You got to recognize there's a big difference between that. But yeah. what it does mean is the fact that, look, if, if your kid loves sporting events and you need to do a paper and the purpose of that paper is to learn how to write a, a paper or write a report, let's go to a sporting event and then let's document everything based on the lessons we're trying to learn in that assignment. Does that make sense? Mm, yep. Like if it's a history report and they, they just, I hate, you know, ancient history. It drives me nuts. Why do I need to know about the, you know, the pyramids right now, right? That's, how's that going to help me? Well, look, let's think about the strategies that you play during Fortnite, these war games that kids are playing, right? There's a whole nother reason why I think there's issues with how, what type of games are playing. But if that's the game they're into, let's talk about how could this be applicable right now? All yeah. of a sudden, you now create a, that PVTT, personal value tied to task. Writing that report on that sporting event right? Take, take an Enzo to a Spurs game yeah. and say, look, man, now write the report. He's going to be all amped up to write that report and amped up to get another assignment because then your butt's taking another Spurs game, right? Yeah. And I think most parents would be totally fine with that. It's not yeah. about offering money. So what we teach is there's four motivation catalysts. Uh, and if you go to our website, uh, I'll put this on that same you know, sheet, Tomas, but basically the yeah. motivation catalyst assessment. You can okay. take it. It's, it's, uh, it's freedom, acknowledgement, connectivity, and support. Mm. Those are what spark motivation in people. What we then do is once we find out what their motivation catalyst is, we offer motivation packages. So instead of offering in the business world a comp plan, we, we offer motivation packages, which will be more catered towards what the individual wants, right? Employee mm-hmm. of the month is great for the acknowledgement people, but people who have freedom don't care about it. 
Mm-hmm. But if you were to offer, hey, you get an extra day off if you do X, Y, and Z, people with freedom will be all over that. But to yeah. offer the same thing to different people doesn't guarantee the same results. Yeah. We want consistent ex- ex- results that we can actually uh, properly predict would be the way I would say it. So, so what were the four again? Freedom? Freedom, uh-huh. acknowledgement, support, yeah. and connectivity. Connectivity. Yeah. Okay. So and that's what the whole book is about is how do we figure out, all right, what is it? Now, here's the other caveat. You ask Enzo what he wants. He wants more whatever. I guarantee you that's not truly what he wants out of life right? He's 10, right? He wants more time to play with his friend. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, let's figure out what is it you really, really want. And most people don't know what they want. If you ask an employee, hey, what do you want for this quarter to hit this bonus? Well, I want money. Okay. I've given you money the last four years. You haven't, you haven't increased your performance. So obviously money is not a good motivator. It's not going to spark it. However, if your goal is freedom and instead of giving you, you know, a thousand dollar bonus, I give you two vouchers to take trips and two days off. You can go fly you and your spouse somewhere. Now there's a lot more value behind that same thousand dollars. Mm. But we, we get creative with it. Instead of giving them a check and, and there's been studies after studies that show that the average bonus, unless it's over 10% of their annual income, the average bonus financially only motivates the individual until it's either uh, the next paycheck or until it's spent. Yeah. And trust me with people's spending habits, it goes pretty quick. If you give an extra thousand dollar bonus, yeah, they're needing more. It's, it's not helpful. So it works with kids. It's, it's also motivation is different for every individual, which is why our motivation management program is so effective is because we do customize it. I don't care whether it's a company of a thousand people or a company of 10, we customize it for the individual to be able to receive out of those four uh, motivation catalysts, what package they want to pick and what goal are they going to achieve to receive that package. And so, so you go in and do the assessment with companies. So now transition is you have a company like Luxury Home Magazine. I have five employees. You come in, you do the assessment. Uh, and then from that assessment, it's figuring out what, what those employees truly want. Now, how do, you, how do you make sure, because maybe they, they want connectivity or maybe they want support, yeah. right? Once you have that dialed in, is there then a deeper questionnaire like, okay, now we know yours is connectivity. What do you really want when it comes to connectivity? Uh, it depends on the company. It depends on the budget, okay. right? If you want to throw it all, we, a lot of the companies that are kind of under 20 people that we're working with or management teams, they want us to go and work with that individual one-on-one directly. Okay. We call it bridging the gap where we work yeah. one-on-one on a monthly basis to make sure that we're actually getting the most of that individual and the teams that they're working with. So uh, there is a deep dive, but it's not always necessary. Some okay. companies, they have a thousand people, entry-level employees, they can't afford us to go through and talk to every single person. Right. So what we do is we have a way to educate them on, hey, you hit connectivity. Here's what this means. Um, you thoroughly enjoy being part of something bigger than yourself. You probably have a nonprofit that you, you really support, you care about. If it's freedom, hey, you like doing things on the weekends. You really value your time. You don't like being asked to work overtime. You like the you know, acknowledgement. You like to be told you're doing well. Support. You like to have other people work with you. You know that you're not alone. You know that you're hustling and they're hustling. Yeah. And then once they say, yeah, you know that is maybe. So look, here's here are the options. The company is going to offer these four motivation packages. Pick which one you want. Uh. But here's the key: is I cannot stand when people do any type of an assessment of a human. And they sit there and say, well, that's just who they are. So that's how we're going to work with them the rest of their life. We change. 
people yeah, change for sure. This, right. I love this personality profiling, right. But it's not personality. It's behavioral. Mm -hmm. And the problem with the, when you do a personality is you assume that's who, who they are. No, it's how they act. And when things change, I can tell you, I'm a different person having a daughter than I was before I had a kid. Yeah. I'm a different person after being married. I'm a different person. You look at what's going on in the world right now. We're all different people since COVID. We're all different people since these protests and these riots. We're yeah. all different people now. Yep. Based on the experience we had. So because of that, we recycle this every 90 days. Uh, so we yeah. come back in. Hey, take the test again. I got the same answer. Now, if you go four times in a row, like a year's worth of testing and you've achieved the same answer, it's a high likelihood mm -hmm. that's who you are. Yeah. Right. You're always going to be motivated by that. Yeah. But a life experience happens all of a sudden, right? Let's say, you know, a significant other passes away yeah. and you're a freedom person, right? Now, all of a sudden there's this bigger picture of life is a little bit shorter than you expected. Mortality is different and you want to be bigger. You want to be part of this. Now connectivity might mean more to you yeah. than it was before. So we got to recheck. I like that. Recheck. I like that. So now how do, when does the book come out and how do people get the book? So July 8th, it will be launched oh, on snap. Amazon. It's yeah, coming. you better get this podcast awesome. out quick. We are, um, it will be. Yeah, July eighth. That's fantastic. Yes, so July eighth. Motivate the unmotivated. A proven system for sustainable motivation um, on Amazon, and we're going to be doing a, a one dollar special for the first twenty four hours. Whoa! So, uh, yeah, so you can get it for a dollar the first twenty four hours. So share it with yeah. your friends. Share it with your friends. Share it with the people. That's um, awesome. Then, then we'll be offering obviously uh, anyone who reads the book. If you have any questions, one on one time working with us. Yeah. Uh, we just, we want to get this content out to as many people as possible. So save the date, July yeah. 8th, July get on 8th. Amazon, put the order through. Um, and like I said, and if there's any questions, obviously reach right out to us. We love, this is yeah. a very different way of dealing with motivation. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would say is the the deadly assumption of motivation is when an individual sits back and says, I'm all good. Yeah. I've read motivational books. I got this. Yeah. I can promise you, you're not going to be able to motivate people sustainably without using force. Yeah, and force is fear based. We don't like that. That's not what we teach here, right? No, a lot it, of people have not productive, not productive, right? And, and now it will work instantly, right? You put a gun to somebody's head; they're going to act. The second yeah. you remove that gun, what do they do? They run as far yeah. away from you as possible. Yeah. Versus taking the time, we call it fear based versus love based motivation, which is probably chapter three or four. At, at this point, I've read this book so many times, I don't know what the cha which chapters are which. But you walk through, and, and love based motivation is based on understanding. Yeah. And people go, ah, but that takes so long. And I disagree. It just takes asking the right questions, which is what this system teaches. Right. Ask the right questions to get the right answers to make the right decisions. So anyway, so that's, that's the concept of July 8th. We are super pumped for it. We've gotten great reviews. Those who have had kind of the sneak peek and the ability to read through it. Yeah. Um, the responses have been super positive of, look, I don't care if you like my writing style. Like that, I like when people say, oh, you wrote it so well. I like that. But that's really the editor and the publisher steal. That's not yeah. me. The content is what I'm married to. And yeah. that's when I love people say, it opened my eyes to a massive mistake I was making when I was motivating others. And the entire mm. book is based on the main character. I can't believe I haven't introduced them to you yet, yeah. right? But the character's name is Unmo. Unmo, Unmo yeah. is the long distant cousin of Elmo, the most yeah. motivated puppet of all times. Uh, and because of that, we all have Unmos in our lives, maybe a, yeah. a couple of them. And how do we manage each Unmo differently is really important. The benefit is this system works with every unmo you'll ever run into. Yeah, no, that's killer. So people can find out more at Life Pulse Inc. Uh, I see you have your Instagram there. They can also yep. find that on Facebook as well at Life Pulse Inc. 
Yep, all, all social media. Um, feel free to follow us. Also, like I said, we put together, we'll put together an offer. Um, it'll be lifepulseinc.com backslash pod gift, P-O-D-G-I-F-T. Pod um, gift, I love that. that Thank we you. We will put together, again, I always like to get creative with it and change it up as whenever I do these, these episodes, but um, a pretty killer offering of almost everything we have to offer for, a very, for an individual. Normally, we do this with companies that are huge, mm. have a massive budget. So yeah. we're trying to find a way to, to downsize that a little bit. Give the yeah. same content, but in a digital platform. Yes. Um, so check that out. It will be a copy. You'll get copies of the book. You'll get copies of the LP. You'll get online training. You'll get one-on-one conversations with me. Um, yeah. And I honestly, Tomas, I think what you're doing with, with Impact, I mean, it's just, I, I love what you're doing, man. I love the people. Anyone who I've talked to who have worked with you or have been with you, it's nothing but positive things. And just from what I know of you, man, I love what you're doing. Thank so you, I man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, listen, man, as we kind of wrap up, I, I, you know, the one thing that I'm thinking about is I always like to uh, ask, I don't know if I have the book up here, uh, but um, the book um, uh, Tim Ferriss wrote, uh, Tools yeah. of Titans, all right? Okay. Uh, oh, no, Tribe of Mentors. And he, he asked, you know, he has all these different questions that he asked, but I'm curious for you, like, what is the book? Like other than motivate the unmotivated, right? Which yeah. can people pre-order? By the way, can um, people pre-order that book? Yeah, when you go to you Amazon right now, will it allow you to pre-order no, it? No, not pre-order. So you okay. have to wait till it launches. But if you if you reach out to us through social media, we have ways you can get early access to it. Okay, um, perfect, perfect. But, but due, to, due to agreements with publishers and the whole other world, I wasn't ready for it, right? Yeah, um, that, that that may be the next the next time we get together. Just that journey because the, the, the book next? writing journey is. <laughs> Like that's a, it's an intense journey. It's intense, but if you have a system like this that helps you get through big goals, which is what this mm. does. I wrote this book and I can tell you to the hour in about maybe a little under a hundred hours. Wow. Right. And when you think about that, that's less than a week. Yeah. Right. Like it's 65,000 words. It's not a small book. Yeah. So because, and there's a very, a very simple approach to how I did that, which is what we talk about in this pod gift concept that I'm talking, the gift that we'll offer is how to actually do something. simple. but I'd love to come back and chat. There's a very simple approach. Yeah. I think anybody, everyone has a book in their head. It's how do you get it yeah. on the paper? And how that's do you what get it out? So, so the question is this, so if you, uh, you've read a lot, I know you read a lot. I know you do a lot of reading. What's yeah. the one book that you yep. consistently give away? Yeah. Um, hmm. and, and why consistently, I'm looking at my, my bookshelves, right? Yeah. Can I grab one real quick? Sure. Yeah. 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 The one that you consistently give away or tell, or, or tell people they need to read it. So I'm, I'm out of, sorry for leaving the screen. That's all right. Um, I'm out of my one copy of it, but there's two books that I will give away. Okay. Um, the first would be this little guy right here. Oh, right. snap. Yes. But here's what happens, right? Everyone, is, everyone has heard of the five love languages, but let me show you this, right? Here's my cell phone. Yeah. Here's the book. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I give this away. It is, I think it's, it's literally the easiest read you'll ever have. It's less than 80 pages and it walks you through everything you need to know. So that's the first thing I have. Yeah. I probably have almost 50 copies of that, that I just put in mailers and send to people. Oh, wow. Uh, and that's just because everyone will talk about the five love languages. Like, Oh, you should learn it. And the problem is then you get a book and it's just too much to take in. Yeah. Right. You just want to know real quick the basis of it. Then you can dive deeper. Yeah. So that's the first book. The okay. second book, um, man, you only let me get one and I already took two and I'm thinking of others right now. That's the, all right. 
would be uh, Outwitting the Devil by Ooh. Napoleon Hill. Ooh. Um, it is to this, book. to this day my favorite book of all time, probably the most impactful book. Um, and for those who don't know about it, the synopsis real quick of it is uh, Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich in 1937. This is about what happened to him in 1938, where he, he says he had an encounter with the devil, right? And I don't care where you stand spiritually, get over that, read the book. Because yeah. it's, not a, it's not a religious book by any means. Right. Um, it's a spiritual book, which is a big battle that people have. And he talks about why the devil is able to control people the way they are. And he talks about this concept of drifters. And I've always wondered, why do people, and this is where the concept of motivate the unmotivated came from. Mm. Why would somebody, if motivation is a choice, why would you choose to not be motivated? Yeah. This book explains that answer. Mm. And I love the way he does it. And I would even challenge you, you don't have to buy the book. I mean, I feel bad. You should buy it anyway just to help support a great book, right? But um, listen to it. Because when you hear that, it's a conversation. It's like a play almost between the devil and Napoleon Hill and the thoughts he has in his head. And when you hear the difference in the voices, you start to really understand. It's like it's talking to you. And it explains to you why you are not doing what you should be doing. It is an amazing book. And as you read it, remember, it was written in 1938. The yes. things that they talk about and predict and explain how it's working, you wonder why our political system is the way it is. This book will give you an insight on that. You wonder why our schools are having the issues they have. You wonder why our churches are having the issues that they have. Bingo. This book, I think, is a must-read for anybody uh, yeah. that wants to get more out of life. Yeah. I, I, you know, I got to the part in the book where, he, you know, he, the, the trial begins. Yeah. And, 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 and that's where I was like, okay, I, I'm going to pause right here. I stopped at that point because the book was so deep, Matt. It is. It was so intense. And I was like, okay. I'm at a point where I was like, this is probably about a year and a half ago, maybe a year ago. I was like, okay, I'm gonna put this book down. I'm gonna come back to it. And I'm, I'm so glad you said that. I just had another friend uh, that just talked about that on social media. Kevin was just talking about that, a buddy of mine on social media. But listen, Matthew Granados, I wanna thank you for being on TM3 Impact. Guess what's on the way in the mail? You're gonna be uh, getting one of our TM3 coffee cups, buddy. I'm gonna be sending that out to you. I like this one though. And my oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a first, good one. First Christmas, my hot new wife. But man, when I tell yeah. Tomas, I'll use that one instead. That's right. This will be coming in the mail. So thank you. I really appreciate your time. And I can't wait to get a hold of that book, my friend. You have a great week. Appreciate what you're doing. See ya. All righty. Please.